Are you living in a cage? No, no, no. I don't mean an actual cage. It's metaphorical. Basically, are you trapped by the pain, the sadness, the anxiety, the fear, anger, bitterness, or any other icky feeling because of a thing that happened to you that you can't get free from? Like Queen Victoria and her perpetual black dress. Or Miss Havisham and her perpetual wedding dress. Well, I'm here to tell you the number one thing that you got to do to release your scars so that you can release yourself to fully live and just wear regular clothes. Hey there, my friend, Jenna Dexter here, Christian life and mindset coach for women. And this is Total Thrive. This is where you are empowered to achieve a thriving and purpose-filled life. And if your past is keeping you from fully living, then you ain't thriving, my friend. You got to release that scar tissue and you do that by massaging it, which is something that Queen Victoria never did. In 1861, Queen Victoria lost her beloved Prince Albert and she basically caged herself for the rest of her life. She lived another 40 years, but she didn't really live. She wore black every single day, like Every day for the rest of her life, she wore black. And every single day, she had the bedding changed on Prince Albert's bed. So she basically put herself in a cage and threw away the key. I'm done. I'm done living. I'm too sad. And I'm going to wallow in my sadness. And that's just how it's going to be. That same year, Charles Dickens wrote Great Expectations, which tells the story of Miss Havisham, a wealthy spinster who was jilted at the altar by a man she was deeply in love with. And it happened at precisely 8.40 a.m. while she was wearing her wedding gown. And so guess what? Her life stopped at 8.40 a.m. while she was wearing her wedding gown. She never took off her wedding dress again. And she had all the clocks in the house set to 8.40 so that she was like literally perpetually living at 8.40 a.m. at the moment that her trauma occurred to her. So are you locked inside of a cage of your own making? Ask yourself that. Maybe it's not as extreme as Queen Victoria or Miss Havisham, but are you allowing the trauma from your past to stop you from fully living, from fully thriving, from getting on with life with other people and the abundant, beautiful, amazing future that God has for you if you'll allow him to give it to you? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, for good and not evil, it is to not harm you. It is to give you a good, good future. God has good plans for you, whether or not it feels like it right now. And so if you are recognizing that maybe you are living inside of that cage, that you are holding yourself back from fully living, what do you do about it, right? You still have the pain. You still have the ick. You still have anger, bitterness, fear, anxiety, whatever the thing is for you. And I do not want to discount whatever trauma that you may have been through that may have been over the top devastating. We've all been through the things, some worse than others, but no matter what we've been through, we can all work toward the deepest healing that we can get, right? And we can all seek God for the most thriving, abundant future possible. This week, I'm pulling from chapter four of Win the Day, Seven Daily Habits to Help You Stress Less and Accomplish More by Pastor Mark Batterson. And we're in Habit number two, which is kiss the wave. Kiss the wave comes from a quote by Charles Spurgeon, which says, 
I will kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. Kissing the wave is owning your past so it doesn't own you. It's releasing the scar tissue so that you can fully live. And as I mentioned, the way that you release the scar tissue is to massage it. I know, I know it hurts. I know, I've been there, believe you me. But hear me out. Mark Batterson was in the last game of a national basketball tournament when he tore a ligament. And six surgeries and many years later, he has still never regained his full range of motion. And you wanna know why? Because he didn't massage the scar tissue. And in order to release it, he had to massage it. Now, I'm not saying that this is true of every kind of scar tissue, but with Batterson's torn ligament, he was told that if you don't release the scar tissue, it becomes a weak link in the kinetic chain. Instead of tension being evenly distributed across the muscle group, scar tissue causes unhealthy tension. If that scar tissue is not released, it opens you up to re-injury. And it's the same for emotional trauma. You can do your best to ignore you know, you can ignore the thing that happened and sort of live in denial. You can use coping mechanisms to get by and, you know, appear to yourself and to others that you're doing okay. But if you don't massage the scar tissue, if you just let it be, it will become a weak link in your emotional kinetic chain. I looked up kinetic chain because, you know, I'm not a medical person. And so for all of us non-medical people, the kinetic chain refers to the interrelated groups of connecting joints and muscles that work together to perform movement. So for instance, the lower kinetic chain includes the toes, feet, ankles, lower legs, knees, upper legs, and so forth. Those all have like a muscle group that is associated with all of those areas and more. And so when you don't press into massage and release the scar tissue in one area, it becomes the weak link that affects all the other areas, which leaves you vulnerable to re-injury. And when we're talking about emotional trauma, something's going to come up. Something is going to come up that's going to resurface what's going on deep inside, and it's going to affect everything around you and possibly everyone around you. You're not going to get free of the thing if you just pretend that the thing doesn't exist or if you assume that time heals all wounds, because I'm here to tell you, time does not heal all wounds. Time helps with the healing of wounds, but massaging, pressing in, and releasing the scar tissue is what's really going to help you jumpstart your healing process. And the more you do that, the more you're going to find that release. So what are practical things that you can do to, to press into that? What does that really mean to press into your wound? Basically, as a Christian woman, the very first thing you're going to do is invite God into the process, right? by doing these three things. You're gonna pray, you're gonna read your Bible, and you're gonna journal. Those are three very practical things that you can do to press in to your trauma. So you pray, you talk to God, you ask him, Lord, what can I do? What can I do on a practical level beyond praying and journaling and reading my Bible? What are maybe some other things that I can do that will help me along in my healing journey? And you listen, you listen to his still small voice leading you and guiding you. And you're reading your Bible, which is one of the ways that you hear his still small voice. He'll speak to you through the word. You get, you get scripture in you, which the scripture in and of itself can bring healing. And you meditate on that scripture. You maybe write it on note cards. You journal the scripture. This gets to the journaling part. So you journal scripture that, that you feel like God is highlighting to you. 
you talk out some of your icky stuff with God. You know, you journal it. When I journal, it's like I'm talking to God and I'm talking to myself and maybe I'm coaching myself and I'm thinking, okay, this is where I'm at. Now, what do I do about it? And the more you write it out, like physically write it, the more revelation can come to you and you suddenly recognize something that you didn't before or you hear God in a way that maybe you didn't before. You come up with ideas of, of something practical that you can do. You simply just release it. Sometimes just writing out the painful thing, that in and of itself is a way of like confessing this thing happened. We talked about that in the last episode, confessing that this wrong thing happened, acknowledging it, just putting it out there. It happened and grieving it. You never want to overstep the grieving process. You want to give yourself a chance to grieve, journal it. You don't want to live there forever because now you're going to be caging yourself and constantly journaling it, talking about it, trying to recover from it. At some point, you do have to take steps to move on, but you can't move on without pressing into it and releasing it. So what are maybe some practical things that God might show you to do? First of all, when I went through my divorce and I went through all of this stuff, it was dreams that God gave me in the night where he revealed things about my marriage, about my past, about things that helped me understand things better. And I would wake up in the morning and I would journal about my dreams. I would look up scripture. I would, you know, pray and give things to God. And that was, that was my primary practical thing that I did. I also talked to others in my support system about things that I was going through, things that were being highlighted to me, um, people who had been there before and, and gleaning from them where they are in their journey and how they arrived at some of the healing that they've been through. So a support system is really good. Another practical thing that God might tell you to do, which you might not want to hear, is to forgive. You might need to forgive someone who hurt you really bad. You might need to forgive yourself. You might be living with shame and guilt and unable to accept the forgiveness that God has already given you. So those are things you might journal about. God, I'm struggling to forgive myself. God, I feel like I need to forgive this person, but how can I possibly? And that is not a quick thing. That is not an easy thing when someone has hurt you deeply. But think about if God might be asking you to forgive someone. Think about if God might be asking you to simply reach out to someone and have a conversation that might be difficult. It might not really be a forgiveness thing, but it's still a difficult conversation that needs to be had. Another practical thing you might do to press into that wound and to face it is to physically go to a location where maybe a trauma happened. I went to a women's retreat one time where it was so impactful to me. A woman spoke about sexual abuse that she had experienced as a child or a teenager and how she felt God impressing on her to go there, go where it happened. This was in another state, so she had to like travel to go with her husband who went with her and she physically went to this place where I think it was a repeated sexual abuse that she had experienced that was at like a, it was outdoors, like by a stream or something. There was a stream because I remember her saying how she walked down to that stream and she picked up a rock from that stream and she wrote a word on it. Um, I think the word that she wanted to release, a word that she was carrying around on herself because of the trauma that had happened to her. And she wrote a word on, on, it might've been shame. It might've been whatever the word was for her that, that she felt. And she buried the rock. 
she she did something. I don't remember exactly what she did with it, but she did something that was very a physical representation of her giving her thing over to God. But first it started with her going to this place that she never wanted to go back to again. And she faced it. She faced it and she prayed and she took a rock, she wrote something on it and she gave it to God. And that story inspired me to do a very similar thing. When my friend came to visit me one time, we took a road trip to somewhere where she was with me when I had experienced the deepest trauma of my life. Um, it wasn't sexual abuse, but there was a place where my biggest heartbreak happened and we went together there. She had also experienced a trauma that that place sort of represented for her as well. And so we went to that place and we walked around and we owned it. That's what we talked about. We own this place. Satan does not have us. He does not have our trauma. He does not own this place and our memories of this place. We own it because, because we have all authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. And you know what? The enemy wants to have power over your mind and your feelings and your emotions about your past and about the things that have happened to you. And you don't have to let him. You don't have to let him have that kind of power. So you might want to go to an actual physical location where you experienced a trauma and face it and press into it and own it and let it go. Another practical thing you might do that God might be calling you or leading you to do is counseling. I will say this, if you choose to go to counseling, just be aware, not all counselors are created equal and, and even if they're an amazing counselor, they might not be the right fit for you. And so you might need to try out a couple of people and, and um, just pray into who is the right fit for you. Now, don't go somewhere and decide that you don't ever want to go back there again because it was uncomfortable and you think that, oh, they just weren't a good fit. Don't lie to yourself because if they're helping you press into your pain, they might be the right person for you. But all that to say is be very prayerful about what counselor you go to. Um, the other thing you might consider is coaching, mindset coaching, what I do. Um, now, when I do mindset coaching, it isn't really for the person who is deep in trauma and has a lot of issues that they need to work on. It is for someone who's kind of ready for the next level. They've maybe worked on some of their stuff and they're, they're ready for another layer of healing and they're ready to let go of stuff and start thinking about their future. And so what I do with mindset coaching, I'm actually going to talk about some of that in the next video episode when I talk about reconditioning your reflexes. But, um, but you might consider coaching with me or someone else. If you are interested possibly in working with me, you can check out totalthrive.com and that will give you some more information. You could book a discovery call if you'd like and we can chat a little bit. So those are some practical things that you could possibly be led to do. Lord, what are you leading me to do? And you're, and you're praying and you're reading the word, and you're journaling, and you're maybe talking to support people that you trust, and you press in and you massage with the goal of releasing, not living there forever, but with the goal of releasing that scar tissue and releasing yourself from the cage that you're living in. Because your sucky stuff doesn't have to keep you from fully living, which is the title of the previous video episode, which I'm gonna link right here for you to click on to watch next. Now off you go, girl. Take at least one action today toward living the thriving life that God has for you.